When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, Sea of Red? You're listening to Into the Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast. Your home for all things Flames and updates around the NHL. With your hosts, Raja Burry and Noah Eppleston. Into the Flames, new episodes every Sunday. Yeah, so that Vancouver game, it at first it kind of gave me the vibes of that Minnesota game that we had a week prior where yeah, right? we the game down, right? Early in the second, we come in, we claw our way back, we take the lead. And similarities were, obviously, we started off down 2 nothing, not even three minutes into the game. We come back, we tie it at two by the end of the period. And suddenly it's 3-3 and you lose in a shootout. And... It's still very questionable strategic decision-making from that shootout, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, like, not not to slight, guys, that's not the point of this channel, but, like, why are you choosing Dubé and Backlund to shoot right after Huberto over guys that you have that are actual snipers? Yeah, that one left me head-scratching for sure, especially the, uh, the Backlund attempt. I mean... Like when you need a goal and you have these guys on the bench that are finishers, are snipers by trade, and and you're not going to give them a shot in the shootout, and Backlund goes and and misses, and that's a game where you need two points, right? Like against a team like Vancouver, sure we got one point in the shootout, but like you're not happy unless you come out of that game with two points. That individual stretch too, it was. Three points out of eight that you picked up over your last four game segment. And Mm -hmm. it's not a game that I'd write off because I think there were some good things that happened that night. But the fact that it's like, okay, what is the rationale with some of the on ice decision making right now? And we'll get into that also shortly. But like it just it just felt very weird to me that. Backland has only ever scored on one shootout attempt in his whole career. Mm-hmm. And that's not sliding Backland because he's excellent in his role and what he brings the team. But what he doesn't bring the team is finishing, right? Yeah. And he's only ever scored one goal in his that, whole career. That stat is mind-blowing to me because I was at the game where he scored his actual only shootout goal. It was against Pittsburgh last year, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was at that game, but like only one career shootout goal. That's what I was seeing on Twitter. And I I was like kind of shook up about it because I was like, wait, what? I know. And you're going with him for like to keep the game alive. Like it's just very questionable, I guess, just like on ice decision making right now. And I I, like, okay, I kind of get maybe Dubé going up there just because. 
Like, I, I do think that that was the best game that he's played as a flame mm-hmm. since the bubble. Mm-hmm. And I want to give him credit for that. He's started to get pretty hot. You look at his point totals. Dubé's been good. He's looked really good. You, you were talking about on-ice decision-making. I think that did play a big part in Vancouver. I mean, it seems like you're going in there. You're, you're already – You've already lost what is it three in a three in a row before this game, and you need to find a win. And it's one of those situations where you either go with your best player, or you go with the guys who are hot. And Daryl decided to lean on guys like Backlund and Dubé, who he thought maybe had a little more juice in that shootout, and it it didn't work in our favor. But it's something we got to figure out, and we got to make better choices on the ice. I guess that was also the last game prior to. The lines being shuffled. You'll take a look at that Huberto Lindholm to Foley line. Five on five. That was the first game they barely had any minutes. They did not play much. Five on five. And that was the first sign to me where I was like, yeah, they're not sticking together. And we recorded and we talked about like maybe the top six needs a shake up here because it's not working. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ironically, right after we record that, we watched the game and their minutes get cut down in almost in half and you look at their underlyings like they were on the ice for two goals against zero four Corsi for 41.67 expected goals for 41.86 like come on you know like it's not there were six high danger chances against when they were on Mm -hmm. the ice they registered zero shots on goal um like, it was clear that was like, hey, like, stop this experiment. It's not working. And on paper, it made all the sense in the world. Because you think about those three guys, what they probably bring. And I guess Toffoli was sort of the outlier when we were hypothesizing that line just before the season. And then you realize Toffoli has just been doing his job all year and he's been excellent and he's not the problem. Um, yeah. And you're like, okay, well, it's not working. So let's try some new stuff. Because I've been seeing a lot of tweets where people are like, you know, maybe the lack of offense needs some sort of on-ice systems tweak. Can we just go back to two years ago and remember the exact same narratives about Johnny Goudreau under Daryl Sutter? This is a copy and paste right now from both sides of the fan base. One side <laughs> of the fan base is saying, oh my God, he'll never be a Sutter guy. And some people in the media were saying that too. Pop, you know who you are. Um <laughs> I'm still salty about that. Uh, <laughs> and then you have the side of the fan base pointing at his lack of production and saying that he's the problem. He's the one that needs to figure it out. You had one half of the fan base also stating that Daryl was ruining Gaudreau, that he's making him play a game that's not suited to his skill set, right? And that, you know, yada, yada, yada. Can we just... You saw that pass in San Jose to Lindholm. Yep. yep. That was gross. And that's the type of passing Huberto brings. That's the type of play he brings when he's feeling confident. You go and you listen to Zadorov on Spit and Chicklets just a, like a week or so ago. <laughs> he came out and said, and this was a big, big, big one for me. He came out and said that he felt like it took him over 40 games to get mentally and physically adjusted to playing under Daryl. That's half a season Mm -hmm. of adjustment period for you to feel with emphasis 
on mentally and physically comfortable and able mm-hmm. to play in a system, you know, under Daryl. And he directly stated that right after Biz asked him about how he felt about the new guys and how they're settling in and all this sort of thing. I'm still in the camp, no matter, even though it seems pretty like damper right now in terms of five on five production, I'm still in the camp that you don't just put up 115 points by accident, no matter what system you're in, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huberto is too good of a player. And in my opinion, I know that people are probably going to, I guess, dish some heat on this is because a lot of people are frustrated with Daryl right now for a lot of reasons. And I share their frustrations. I do. But I also can't look past the success that Daryl's brought this franchise. So in my view, Huberto is too good of a player and Daryl is too good of a coach for this thing not to be straightened out. It's just like there's no avenue for me where I see this not working, even though it's taking a very, very long time for it to get there. And I think right now because it's taking that long, right? the frustration builds up. You're not in a playoff spot. You're two points out right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand the frustration building up and I'm getting frustrated too. And I'm like the omen of positivity when it comes to being a fan of this team. And I think the frustration is amplified so much more just because of the situation that the flames are in this year with the new superstars coming in, old ones leaving Everybody expects wins right away, right? So, yes, it's it, it's taking a lot of time, and it's going to feel like it's taking longer with the situation that we put in. But I think we saw really good signs last night in San Jose. We saw a lot of crisp, like, across-the-zone passes, which Lindy scored two off of. Those are the kind of things that you need to start building confidence. Seeing that on the ice and seeing that you are able to get those cross-ice passes through and find some success off a one-timer is a huge step in the right direction for this team. And before we cut to the San Jose game, when was the last time that we booed the team? I don't remember. Like, my memory kind of makes me want to think that there was a game in that 1920 year where we did that, but I don't remember ever doing that, really. Like, my brain wants to go there, but... There's no concrete evidence that I actually remember. No, yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to give you like a, a game or a date. Um, there right. might have been something at the start of that like nineteen twenty season, but I, I don't think there's much. I think there were like Bronx cheers that year. I don't think it was like straight up booze, but yeah. Um, that was, dude, like, that same... And the team, yeah, the team got booed off the ice Friday night um, after losing to St. Louis. That was that was the worst game I've seen this team play in over... Oh, it was horrible. Like, in over three years. Like, even yeah. during the North Division years, when we were getting our asses whooped by the second, mm-hmm. like, 5-1, mm-hmm. there were still more encouraging signs there than there were when I was watching that Friday game. Oh. It was horrible. We just got completely neutralized and outplayed for 60 minutes. It was it was well, like just painful to watch. We want to say, give it time. It'll get there. But then you watch a game like Friday night, and you just can't help but be like, okay, so... Uh, there is major problems here. Are we, are we tanking? Are we... Something needs to change here. Like, what is happening? You look and you watch that game, you're like, there's no chemistry. There's no mm-hmm. cohesiveness. There's no... 
There's nothing that looks fluid. Connor Mackey's your best player right now. Like, this is insane. You know what I mean? Like, this is insane. Connor Mackey scored two goals that night. And after that second one, I was like, okay, there's hope. 30 seconds later, the poor guy, like, gives it away. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, is that not a – that one segment play, is that not like <laughs> – Our season in the nutshell? of our season so far. Yeah. Like, yeah. it is so – painful to watch this team so far this year like it's just very frustrating all the growing pains that we sat and went through during that north division year are happening now but granted it's not a 56 game season it's an 82 game season with more runway and that's the one thing that i'm holding on to like okay no like second half of the year like they're gonna have this figured out like there's i can't I can't physically look at the off season we had, look at how much money we threw at certain guys and how much, like how much of an expectation we have this year and internally think, Oh God, we're not going to make the playoffs. Like I can't yeah. do it. I just, no. can't. I'm no. so you, you like, can't be in that mindset and you just got to trust that second half backs and the guys that they, they, they got this. It's, it's, it's all going to be good. We're, we're fine, Raja. Nothing to worry about. We're fine. And then <laughs> we lay an egg against the Blues, and we're like, oh, my God, like, just sell the team. I saw but, I saw so many tweets of people just, like, sell the team. Call up the entire farm. I'm like, yeah. you can't do that. Lucic has a no move. But, uh, like, you yeah. look back at it, and this these last four pretty much, well, last three before the Sharks game, those are three games that, that you got to win. I mean, Montreal, Canucks, and the Blues, those are three games that are very much winnable hockey games. The Flames have to be better and go out prepared to play each team every night. They're not going to get any nights off here in this league. It's it's always been that way. Um, it's re- incredibly disappointing to see this team drop three in a row to teams like the Canadians, Canucks, and Blues when you know and everybody else knows that there's so much talent on this roster and that you're like, you're the favorite each time you step onto that ice each night and you get dominated. So, and the getting dominated by teams worse than you is a trend that we were accustomed to back when we knew we weren't very good, Mm -hmm. right? Back when we had amateur coaching back when we were like, okay, there's no hope here. Like there's no serious structure in this team let's just tank god bless you matthew coronado can't wait for you to be here by the way um and you're sitting watching a new team unable to find their groove and you sit there and you're like okay players come out and say the adjustment phase is a real thing we have evidence to believe that the adjustment phase is a real thing we watched this play out we saw this play out just in front of us with matthew chuck and johnny goudreau and you look and you say, okay, Jonathan Huberto isn't Johnny Goudreau. They're different players, but they do have similarities. Nazem Kadri and Matthew Kachuk, you can't compare the two. They're two completely different players, in my opinion. <laughs> and, and it's not just from like a position perspective. Kadri, though, makes you ex- makes you deeper, and your center depth, when everything is clicking, your center depth on paper is probably – Top seven, top six in the league? Yeah, absolutely. You just need them to click. I want to come out here and say that I still think this is a good team. 
And I know people are going to come out and be like, why are you so positive? How are you so positive right now? Because if I'm not positive watching this sort of thing, I'll go insane. Let's get to positive stuff. Let's talk about something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> um, Dennis Gilbert. I just want to give a shout out to that guy. What a beauty. Oh, my God. Uh, so Chris Tanev gets placed on the IR, even though he is skating, which is a great sign. Thank God. I, I just want to say, like, that's his fourth fight this season, and he even ate one at the end of it. What and, a tilt that was. Oh, dude, that was, like, one of those classic, like... That was heavyweight. We are thrown until we drop. Like, it was just back and forth, just right hand after right hand. It was awesome. It was just, like bombs being thrown on both sides and neither of them were letting up and i was like this is insane like it was mean it was mean like that was probably one of the best hockey fights the league has seen in the last few years the level of monstrosity that like dude like those guys were animals they were both throwing and still just standing in there and taking them and i was like oh my god and gilbert like he, gilbert took a beating but he he was in that fight right till the end and then just got one on the jaw and not kind of dropped him. But geez, man. That's dude, Dennis Gilbert. I never thought that when we signed all those guys we signed on day one of free agency that Dennis Gilbert would be my favorite. Like that's <laughs> like you just don't expect it, right? And then a guy comes up here who's an absolute firecracker who gives energy to a team who's lacking it right now. And you're watching and it and you're like those fights, a lot of people want to come out on Twitter and be like, wow, Dennis Gilbert's fighting again. How are you complaining? At least he's keeping us entertained. He's doing his job. He is lightning a spark under a team that is struggling right now. You just drop three in a row to below 500 hockey teams. And then this guy gets called up. And what does he do when he goes out there? He fights. Like he tries to get something started on this team. Like, I wish we would see Luch do this or Richie or any, like, Zadorov. I don't care. Somebody else, like, step up, wear it on your chest, and go play for this team. Go pump this team up. Like Zadorov and Flashes <laughs> have done that this year in different ways. Like, you need a big goal, he comes in and scores it. And this was earlier on in the year, right? But right now, it's like, it's just... There's no – you watch them play, and I think the worst part about that St. Louis game was you're watching them play, and they don't look engaged. Like, mm -hmm. you, you, you're watching them play, and you're like, okay, like, why does it look like I care more than all the guys on the bench watching this on yeah. TV? You know what I mean? Like, what's that about? And Dennis Gilbert gets a call-up from the Wranglers because Tanev is placed on IR. He comes in, he gets into another fight. That's his fourth fight in, what is it, eight games, nine games now this year? Something like that, yeah. It's like, what? You think the call-up cares more than the guys that are supposed to be the main core? Or the guys that are supposed to have that role being paid big money? You know what I mean? It's insane. And I love Dennis Gilbert. I went to that Wranglers game uh, just prior like, late end of the week on Thursday. He got into a tilt there, too. Beat the pulp out of some guy on the moose. I was like, it was like at every level, his job in the A and in the show is literally to pump up the team. Like, it doesn't change, hey? He just kept... It, it doesn't change. <laughs> like, I... Like, this guy is an absolute gem. Ugh, man. 
Yeah, shout out Dennis Gilbert. Hopefully we can have you on the show one day. That'd be sick. Um, <laughs> that would be awesome. And let's talk about Lindy. I haven't seen Lindy flex that sweetest smile of his for a very long time up until Sunday night. Fastest two goals to start a period in NHL history. Lindy's on that leaderboard. Two goals in 35 seconds. And let's talk about how it got there. So Thomas Hurdle, what are you doing, bro? I I'm a fan of watching Hurdle. But that was one of the dumbest plays and then follow-up to a dumb play I've ever seen in the NHL. Like, two-hands slash Lindy in the face, and then he starts complaining about the call? What? Yeah, it's one of those boil-over moments, right? Like, you're losing frustrations, and you just gave up a goal, and you go and two-hand somebody right in the mouth, which – and he's been through this, uh, the suspension. He's been given a suspension. I think it's completely fair what he got. Um, a lot of people were saying it should have been one game. I disagree. What he did was pretty intentional. It had some intent yeah. behind it. So they were, they were literally jousting like yeah. nice for a fair maiden. Like, yeah. You need to understand that there was actual intent there. Yeah. Um, and Lindy just comes in, takes that slash personally. What a pass from Hoobie. Cross mm-hmm. sides, just like, oh, borderline no look. Like, he wasn't even, like, making direct eye contact when he made that pass. He just threw mm-hmm. it up. And I'm like, more of that, boys. More of that. More of that on the power play. See how many more goals you're going to score. Seriously. Yeah, actually, yeah. Lindy comes in, scores. And then he comes in again, scores. <laughs> Flex is a smile. He's like, Yeah, you slashed me in the mouth, but dude, as you both goals and suspension, you know, how many games you're going to be sitting. Um, yeah, that was. And like Lucic gets a goal, his first one since March. And, and Lucic was really good on Sunday, wasn't he? I mean, Lucic like, was great on Sunday. He yeah. had a goal, four shots. Five shot attempts, four scoring chances, yeah. two high dangers, and three hits. Do yeah, that. he was good. He was he was involved for the first time this year. Um, actually, um, yes, he had a great game. Was it worth it? Is the question because we saw what lines were like. Uh, yeah. Um. So shots were twenty five twenty six uh, in favor of the Sharks. Power play went one for four. Thank God. I didn't see a zero on that ratio there, so I'm happy about that. Uh, shot attempts, 44 to 26. Scoring chances, 27 to 16. High dangers were equal at 10. Elias Lindholm had a game score of 4.87. He had three primary points that night. The game winner, five shot attempts, four scoring chances, all five on five. Wow. That's the Lindy that we know. Yeah, that's right there. That's that's him. He is him. That like the dude was on menace mode. Like, (laughs) don't think you understand. Like, so we watched the World Cup that morning, and it was like one of the most. That was one of the most hyped finals or sporting matches of like anything in sports I've ever seen in my life. Crazy. Lindholm saw what Kylian Mbappe did, and went, you know what? I just got hit in the face. I'm gonna score two goals in 35 seconds. Like, let's do this. I'm going to activate the inner demon inside of me and just own their franchise for a little bit. And that's exactly what he did. And I was so hyped, dude. Watching Lindy score both those goals, 
I literally started maniacally laughing. Like I sat there, I was like, I was like, how how you feeling about that hurdle? Like, how's that, bud? Like, how support that buddy? Woo! Woo! Like that that got me probably the most fired up I've been watching this team all season. That just that one stint. Like, let's go. Someone is being a game changer, which is exactly what Daryl Sutter has been stressing. You need guys to be game changers. Yep. And and Marky was pretty good in San Jose too, wasn't he? I mean, he he was prepared. He was ready to go. Um, I even thought he was okay against Vancouver. Um, uh, yeah, cool. I I want to say like he was okay against Vancouver. He was very good against the Sharks. So yes, there's still pass. It was still a passable performance against the Canucks, in my view. Uh, and even the and what the game before was. The Montreal game where he was outstanding, where yep. we don't get a point without him. Yep. So yep. like Marky's figuring it out here. Like he's he's right on track to to be ready to go when this team starts figuring out some offense. So we're yep. like I, I like where we're sitting right now. I, I hope we keep generating chances and actually moving puck in the offensive zone like this team can with the superstar capability that this team has. You just gotta put it together, like like it's superstar capability that's in hibernation. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Have good players here, but for whatever reason, like it's just not. There's no spark yet, and yeah. we saw that sort of spark at the start of the third against in San Jose on Sunday. Now come out here tonight because today's game day. Come out tonight. You're playing them again. Hurdles out. Come out tonight and. Use that spark, that momentum that you gained on Sunday to your advantage for the rest of this California trip, and then you have Christmas. The California trip, if you're on your game, you can pick up all of these points. You can. You come back from Christmas, you have Edmonton, who you're literally in the doghouse with, fighting for a spot. Who do we play after Christmas? The Oilers. Who do you play back-to-back? Seattle. Who do you play on New Year's? Vancouver. Every game you have right now is against a divisional Yeah. If you go in and you get your shit together on this trip and you come back after Christmas and you keep racking up the points, you're suddenly in a spot where we're not sitting here being stressed out about you missing the playoffs. We're sitting here being like, you know what? Okay, we've gained some ground within our division. Yeah, Yeah, like they're winnable games, man. No, 100%. That's... That's a really good point that you brought up with the the divisional games coming up here. This is a, a big part of the schedule, and it's a it's a measuring stick in a division that's all kind of been struggling. Um, teams like with the likes of Seattle uh, are having a really good year. They're a team that you got to be ready for. Edmonton, of course, McDavid in them, and then yeah, this LA road trip, which is a, a great place to start. So you're back in San Jose again. You've proven you can beat this team. Go out, take care of business tonight, clean up the rest of LA, and then you got some big games after Christmas. And if hey, if you steal five of them, you're 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 in a good spot. Like yeah, you're suddenly the window of opportunity for you to literally be second in the Pacific heading into the new year is wide open. Like, it is no, no it is, yeah. which is a crazy thing to say with how this team has played that. Going into the new year, you have a chance to be in a playoff spot in the top three in the Pacific. The conference is terrible. Yeah. Like, it's terrible, and it's to our advantage. Like, you look at the whole league. You look at the entire league right now. 
you want to look at let's say 13th to 24th they're separated by a points percentage of 0.76 13th to 24th yeah like this season just in general completely wide open now is the perfect time get comfortable get everything together and just get as many points as possible it is still wide open absolutely and it's crazy to think about it that way because of how frustrating it has been like oh my god you know me i'm one of the most like optimistic fans out there yeah but then you're watching this team and it's like hey you're testing my patience a bit like i don't want to get to a point like i was when i was watching the north div year where i was literally numb like i had i was like you know what and usually when that feeling comes out you you're out of it right like that's immediately where your mind goes the second you're like hey well season's over let's just enjoy six games i guess that are just meaningless and we'll just see where we end up drafting right Mm -hmm. it's not like that yet yet so boys let's go you have it literally wide open from now until new year's it is right there for the taking it is right there for the taking go out and get those points get them wins give yourself some hockey games together that's it exactly just go out there get get that whole i really hope that that third period in san jose they build off of it tonight and they just go hard I really um, hope so, Raja. Feel free to hit the like button, hit that subscribe button. This might likely be our last recording before Christmas. So Merry Christmas and happy holidays to yeah. all our listeners. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody.